Welcome to another edition of the Scozzi Football Podcast. A week of forfeits, Europa League action, SPFL action, and Scotland again involved in further World Cup qualifiers. Who knew? You wouldn't want to forfeit the opportunity to be with me tonight, Anthony, over in Perth. I can still see the future. I still feel it over here in Sydney. How are you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. How are you? I pretty good. Getting a wee bit exercised about the whole kind of forfeit business. Um, great week <laughs> for um, Hamilton Ackies, um, who I think you comfortably predicted a few weeks ago we're actually going to do really well out of this, and um, and have indeed done very well. And Motherwell doing Motherwell even better. As well. Yes, Aye, yeah, big time. So um, a wee bit harsh on Kelly and St Mirren. Um, both well, St Mirren having to forfeit two games, Kelly forfeiting one. Both of them with fairly shonky, it has to be said, reasons for. Uh, giving up their their games so easily and a £40,000 suspended fine, which is, I'm sure, superly welcome at the times of straightened finance and COVID. What does he think of uh, Kilmarnock's response in particular? Well, look, Richard, there's a, um, there's a few aspects to it. Um, th- there's the, the fact that Kilmarnock and St. Bern, by all accounts, were very transparent through the process they um they answered all the questions from the the panel and the investigation, so they weren't misleading the investigation or anything like that. So on one hand, you're thinking maybe the punishment they should have sh- the, the 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 panel could have shown a bit of leniency. Um, however, um, some of the breaches are clear violations of the rules that were set up at the start of the season. So, Kilmarnock, for instance, were operating on a one meter exclusion zone, uh, whereas the SPFL had set a two meter exclusion zone which was an spfl mandate whereas the government had re- had reduced it from two meters down to one meter for the general public so a little bit of confusion there maybe but um again that was something that was deemed to be a breach and then st Martin, um apparently players carpooling um on more than one occasion uh and then the club did identify that and then obviously tried to put a stop to it. But I guess that ties in, Richard, to what we've been talking about previously regarding um, player wages and just, you know, players basically making a, you know, struggling to make a living out of football in the, in the top flight if you're not playing for Celtic Rangers or Aberdeen. Um, so, you have, again, you have a bit of sympathy there if that's the, if that's the case. So, yeah. Totally. yeah. Who, who, who knew that the COVID rules could be so confusing in Scotland? Um, <laughs> are, are you level four or level two or level? I mean, nice to see Ross County fans back again. But again, it's just bewildering and bewildering, but also nice to know that um, come Friday, some things are going to be relaxed. But aye, it's, it's, it's a wee bit harsh. And I think particularly harsh on, on some of these guys, as, as you know, you reiterate that. I think that some of the guys are not in massive wages and so carpooling is probably a, a better option than um, getting on public transport to get from wherever else in the country you have to come from to get to your gig. Um, points per game if the league is pulled. So, I mean, I think it's a really good time to say this, that, um, you know, we'll talk about the games from last week again. Um, there was chat about forfeiting games and the clubs weren't very happy about it. I think any time the SPFL put out anything that says, what do you think of this? They're going to be half the guys going, I think it's a great idea. And half them going, no. And there's also going to be a small minority going, well, if you did it like this, and it's really just very painful. And I actually, I don't envy them their job. I think that you're damned if you do, damned. It's a bit like refereeing, actually. 
It's a bit like, you know, you're standing in the middle of the park. Everyone can have a pop at you. You can't get it right. So if the league is called this week, Rangers will be the champions. Uh, Celtic will be second. Hibs in the Europa League spot. Aberdeen in fourth. Motherwell leapfrogging into fifth. Or did I say leapfrogging? Leapfrogging <laughs> into fifth. Uh, Dundee United. Dundee United in sixth. In the top six. My goodness. Uh, Kelly dropping into the bottom six. St. Johnson on a fantastic run. Livy, who've had their troubles. Uh, Hamilton Aikis are 10th. Hamilton Aikis are 10th. They're going, to, they're going to do it again, aren't they? They are going to do it again. Ross County, um, 11th. Um, St. Martin in the bottom spot at the moment. Points per game, if the league is pulled, apparently it was part of the vote. Um, aye. So an interesting week. Uh, Europa League action last week, Antonio. What did you see? Um, I've I, I, I watched the highlights, but um, Rangers through to the, the next round of the competition. So congratulations. It's sealed a 3-2 victory at home against Standard Liège. Oh my um, God, Rufy Cap. That was the, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> it was a great finish for that second Standard yes. Liège goal, but oh, I, that's his family rearing days over. <laughs> yes, Very so painful. It, it's, uh, it looked sore. Uh, Celtic flattering to deceive 2 0 up after about 15, 18 minutes. And uh, you think finish from Edward, actually. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe this was, the, maybe this was the, the, the corner being turned, but in typical Celtic fashion, leaky defence, four goals unanswered. So I ended up losing 4 2 and some pretty average defending for some of those goals again. So um, no answers there for, for Neil Lennon. And they, are, yeah. they were, in fairness, playing the Italian league leaders who are no mugs. Um, and you know, there's a, you'll you'll be aware of another team called Juventus who thumped Barcelona the other night. So it, it's it's a, it's no small uh, no small beer to go to um, Milan and and give them anything of a game. So I, listen, I, the Celtic stuff's just a wee bit overcooked, and there, there's something funny going on there. I haven't quite worked it out yet, but I must say that um, yeah, they were comprehensively in the end beaten, and it was a bit of a, a canter for for the Italian league leaders. Well, I'll, <clears throat> we'll talk about this a bit later when they, they, they face Lille tomorrow night. But um, if Celtic are to concede three goals against Lille, that will be the worst group performance or number of goals conceded ever in the Europa League. So <laughs> Celtic well, are on the, wrong, on the wrong side of some unwanted history there. And they're going to have to find a performance tomorrow night to avoid that from happening because okay. they're, um, you know, at the moment you wouldn't, you wouldn't, necessarily think that that's beyond you know beyond all possibilities leakier than my breakfast tea bag uh, i think the one to watch actually with this uh, and i know that there's a kind of moderate obsession with our uh, perennial uh, inferiority complex in scottish football that ukraine are uh, are, are approaching on the uh, uefa coefficient they're very close to scotland and uh, rangers just need to win one more game than any of the uh, remaining ukrainian teams in europe to or to absolutely guarantee that automatic Champions League place. So the turnaround's not quite complete at Rangers. Um, I think if they win their group, they will get another £900,000, which will keep Hector off Rangers back for another month. And if they do get that automatic Champions League place, as we said the other week, Kerching. Absolutely, and I mean it's all there for the taking. I mean, like Poznan, they they should do the they should hopefully go and do the business. But um, you know, on one, on one hand, Stephen Gerrard's probably thinking mm, we have an opportunity to play some fringe players, some players that are not getting a lot of game time. Um, however, like you say, if there's nearly a million pounds on the table, 
He mate over there and, and put his full strength team out and full squad out. They go, came go back for the, go for the jugular. Yep. Yeah, they came back from behind twice actually. So uh, they played very, very well. And once again, the range is relentless at the moment, just looking super. Yeah, absolutely. So the Scottish football from last weekend, Hamilton Ackies versus Kelly. One uh, nil penalty. Good to see Hamilton getting a win and especially augmenting their forfeit game bonus. Um, the red car from Dick Hamona, I don't think you and I agree in this. I oh, saw two I, feet up in uh, contact with the tibia and the boy was, he was not on the deck. It's dangerous and it endangered another player. It's a red card. I thought he sort of fell over, to be honest. His feet were, he's, he's two, it was a two-footed tackle. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue that point with you. It was two-footed tackle. So but that's a red card if that uh, hits the guy's leg, right? No, no momentum though. Like he wasn't, he wasn't sliding in. He just basically Come like on. sort of fell over. Yellow card for me. I'm well, sorry. I, I don't. I'll agree, I don't... To, I'll agree to differ with you. I think if they appeal it, I think I, I, I honestly every time. Oh, look, you, be... you, you don't hide behind an appeal. There's no way they never overturn red cards, whatever the decision. So that that's a moot point. But I, I, for me, I don't know. I just I don't think I didn't see the 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 intent of malice, and I know that's not how these things are judged. But I didn't see the excessive force either. It wasn't it wasn't like he was coming in at great force. He was sort of almost fallen over, and his feet were up. A wee bit, but there, he's, I thought his heels were still on the ground, so I thought that was pretty low to the ground. But yeah, have there a look you yourself. Have a look yourself and 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 add you the right. point and get but get back to us on social media and let us know what 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 you think. We're on all the uh, all the usual media channels, so uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Strozzi Football Podcast. Um, I, I one of the great things about the Hamilton Kelly game was that I actually watched that live feed because um, I couldn't sleep and. Um, it didn't actually help me to sleep, but I got the hoovering done. I got the kitchen cleaned. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great game to watch. Well, so I mean, in Aberdeen, on the other hand, that had its moments like just falling up on the back of uh, oh. falling back of the the, uh, the the game cup game where really spilling through the ball with a bar of soap. What an awful moment that was! Great to actually get back there and get straight into them. But what happened? Well, here's the thing. St. Murn were actually on a three straight winning game run in all competitions leading into that match. So they actually had a little bit of momentum, whereas Aberdeen have sort of hit the hit the skids a little bit. And like I we've mentioned previously, obviously the loss of um uh Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory um through COVID isolation um sort of really sort of put their season on a bit of a bump. But and they really, Aberdeen really didn't play well, and they actually stored against the run of play. So, Matty Kennedy, lovely bit of trickery on the wing, lovely little Johnny death cross. Hayes Johnny was, Hayes was he tracked. He was lurking. He was lurking at the back post, a, a bullet header, and uh, put them one 0 up. And and there was a handball penalty equaliser for St. Martin. Can't really argue with it with the way the rules are written. So yes, it was a penalty. Um, but yeah, the controversial talking point was that uh, Lewis Ferguson a really bad challenge on four minutes to get a yellow card he was that was that i mean i mean he almost maybe a matter of case say well is that potentially a like you know a red on its own but it was four minutes in the game he got a book in and he's like you know looking all very like oh it wasn't me you know it was an accident all that sort of stuff but it was definitely a yellow the second one however he clashed with jonathan abika um in in, in aberdeen's own half and his arm was around him, but he sort of he bumped into him, and then he's saying that Abika elbowed him, and it just looked a bit messy. And for me, I think it was probably more just a free a free kick. I don't, I don't, I don't see a, 
I don't see a second yellow there, particularly the fact that he was on a yellow. The one thing the highlights, I must admit, don't tell me is, is whether he had a few other challenges leading up to that one, because sometimes referees give you one. Um, and then if that's like, you know, that's the just the one that the, the straw that breaks the camel's back sort of thing. And, and, and then that becomes the, the yellow card, but it might have been. I, a, he'd earned a yellow and a half from yeah, his first yeah, challenge. Yeah, and yeah, I, think that yeah. it was just, I think it was just kind of one one tackle away from too many, it. Uh, too many. I, so I saw kind of extended highlights from the, the, the Dawn's uh, website and I, he's, yeah, it was, it was kind of a fair bit of action going on where he was throwing himself a bit in the midfield. Just that little bit off the pace, I would have said, maybe a couple of weeks out of the game might make yeah, a difference. Possibly. You know? Yeah, possibly. And this is the this is the flaw from COVID. And this is that these are the old we the wee one percenters, two percenters that just, you know, might just affect teams in un, you know, the, the, well they've got their full team out, you know, that might just be these wee little things that have just like I said, Aberdeen just hit a wee bit of a no, I say it's not a not not you know, it's not Celtic level, you know, terminal crisis, but it's um, you know, they've just they just haven't been quite there the last few weeks. So um, Celtic and, level terminal crisis. Did you hear what I said? I think they're second. If they finish league, they'll be second. Don't, don't, don't well, the, the world well, will not end. The well, world the, will not end. Well, if Celtic people, finish second. People are now talking about Hibernian and Aberdeen potentially splitting Celtic and Rangers. So I mean, when you start talking like that, um, that's when you you know that something something's not right. Especially you know the way. You know, you go back a season with where Celtic was playing. So, anyway, we may as well, we may as well, I did tackle the elephant in the room. Say, yeah, I was going to say, no, 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 let's not, let's not go there just yet because Motherwell Hibbs, uh, Hibbs clinical finishing, Jack Ross looking resplendent as ever in his winter gear. Um, and they finished really beautifully to, and took their chances very, very well. Well, I have Motherwell. to say, Motherwell had two really good chances well actually well you know tony watt i mean i don't know what yes. happened there but he should yeah. that should mean one and then andrew dallas has chalked off a, a, a bevis mcgabby goal which i couldn't see anything wrong with it he he reckons that mark O'Hara pushed pushed a, a hibs defender but yeah. i couldn't I, I watched it a couple of times and couldn't see a foul there so um so apparently stephen robinson was demanding an apology of andrew dallas after the game going that that was outrageous so mother will feel a bit that. Feeling a bit aggrieved, two 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 potentially two 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 nil up, and then like you say, goes to Boyle, Doidge, and McGinn. He's first for the club, and uh, yeah, they just like you say they were all killer, no filler up front. They just uh, took the yeah. chances and and no, buried them. Okay, let's get to it then. Celtic, go on, <laughs> tell us all your woes. <laughs> oh, well, Richards, I mean. You know, here's the thing, right? And here's the thing that I overlooked. And I, I know, I'll, I'll be honest. St. Johnson are now on an, a living game unbeaten run. Yeah. And and Celtic were actually the last team to beat them in normal time. So, I mean, obviously they've lost games in, 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 in during the League Cup in extra time. But a living game's unbeaten. It's a club record. See, the same uh, guy, Mel, I made. I told you. I told you. <laughs> um, you know, they, they near beaten had to clear one off the line early. Um, so that could have put... Saints 1-0 up uh, and then it was just chances were few and far between Tom Rogic should have burst the net he had a, he had a really great chance with a header and, and, and hit it wide Edward maybe could have done better with one of his chances but really there was a few chances in the second half Sandra Clark a couple of decent saves and then all the action happened in the last 10 minutes um, Stevie May popping up once again, um, good old Stevie May from the rock band of Alness. But yeah, uh, yeah. great cross and yep. yeah, can't argue with it. It was really 
uh, horrible defending. Do you see how many Celtic defenders in the box? Oh, I mean, there was enough there. It wasn't like they, they caught them on the break. Like the, the, the defense was there. We, um, Frimpong was caught sleeping. He was ball watching and, and, and loud Stevie mate again behind him. And, uh, that's, that's where the, that's where the goal came from. Um, and then Celtic requalized Elanusi with a looping header, which I, you know, don't honestly think he meant to store with that. It was just one of those ones he was putting it into the danger area, but managed to, beat everybody but again just Celtic coming up coming up short and yeah. you know can I just say though I, I, I was really annoyed to see yet again protests outside Celtic Park and it is middle of kind of lockdown in Glasgow and lots of people doing the right thing and and I've got lots and lots of pals there who are doing the right thing guys Celtic finishing second in the league will not land you in hospital but Covid might so will you just calm down a wee bit I know it's not going that well and Anthony, you and I are good pals and I know you love Celtic. It'll be okay. You know, I think this entitled mentality of, oh, we should win the league again. Is that realistic? Is that fair? Oh, no, I, I, I saw that. I mean, I the way I look at it is that Rangers are playing very well at the moment and that's what's magnifying this situation. If Rangers were the Rangers of last season and dropping the odd game and drawing at Kilmarnock and, you know, you know losing the odd game against Hamilton Atties or whatever... It wouldn't be so much of a problem, but the fact that Rangers are on fire—I mean, there's no, two, there's no getting away from it—and then you've just got Celtic just slipping up and slipping up and slipping up. So, I think it's like the more- second—it's like the second half of the season from you know the, the, the season that just went, um, where Rangers were going so well in the first half of the season they just lost their way, and then the first half of the season Celtic have just completely lost their way as well. I think you look, you, fair play to fair play to sorry for yeah, but right. fair play to Rangers fans. You know, I think that they are trying to be quite measured about it, some of them, um, and and say that okay, look, you know that they kind of we're the club that died and are now resurrected. Have look, that is in the past now. It is almost ten years ago, and. They have actually done very well to rebuild. It's still a bit of a sugarly wicket. There's not loads of money washing about Scottish football and they're doing very well in Europe. So, you know, fair play to them. I, I genuinely think that it makes it interesting this competition at last again. Well, I just think that if Celtic were playing anywhere near their best, and I'm not saying at their best, but something resembling their best, and Rangers say they go unbeaten this season and they win the league, most rational Celtic supporters would not have an issue with that. You say, fair play Rangers, you know, you've, you've, you've strung together an amazing season and, you know, well, fair play, you win it, great, game on next season. But it's just the way that Celtic are completely capitulating at the moment. I think that's yeah. that's the thing that's sticking everyone's craw. And fair enough. That's the issue and that's what's getting everyone upset and, and Celtic are fastly becoming Statement FC, releasing, you know, statements every few days and, you know, we're, we're behind the manager, we're ready to give him time and all that sort of stuff. It's Have you put out a statement that you're still a fan? <laughs> well, you're always still a fan, Richard. You know, you, you've got to support who's there. And, and I, you know, again, I'll be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd love Neil Lennon to be able to turn this around. But my, my brain's telling me that I just can't see any way that that is going to happen. And the Scottish Cup... Is going to be very, very interesting because a couple of months ago, James Hart, she yeah. said, "Yeah, no, no bother that we'll, we'll win that at Hamden." I am definitely not very sure, not very confident about that one at the moment. So, well, Hearts have got Craig Gordon go, and uh, that's probably one of their that's one of Celtic's biggest missteps, in my opinion. I think that um, they they absolutely they have no authority in their in their penalty box. 
Enough about them. Rangers won 4 0 uh, at Ross County. They have a massive goal difference advantage. And even if Celtic were to claw back the points and win the head to heads against Rangers, Rangers are 20 goals ahead of them. That is as good as like two, three games. So, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. And Jermaine Defoe, 800 senior appearances. So, well done him. Uh, he celebrated oh, with a goal. It was 9 millionth or something like that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, fair play to the guy. I mean, absolute professional. Um, still got it, still scored on the weekends. Typical Brilliant move, Jermaine actually, Defoe goal. It? Yeah. It, it, you know, did the old thing where you drew the defender into putting the sliding block in and just done a wee shimmy, wee sort of spin, and then just slotted it under. I think he double double Megs actually. He made the made the, the Ross County defender and the goalkeeper and and, and that made it four 0 It was a good bit of work by um Eaton as well. Been a bit critical of him. I don't think I don't I was questioning whether he's up to Ranger standard, but he um he managed to pinch the ball off some Ross County defenders that should have <laughs> cleared their lines, and yeah. uh, and they managed to put in a lovely a lovely cutback for uh, for a Defoe. But yeah, just absolutely comprehensive. And again, in fairness, Ross County they, they they had a wee spell in the second half, maybe for about fifteen minutes, where they put Rangers under a bit of pressure. They should have scored. I mean, we boy, I can't remember the guy's name, but back post. Oh my goodness, like it, it was harder to miss. And he just absolutely smashed it wide. And um, Granny could have finished that. Eh? <laughs> um, Kemar Roof uh, actually um, making the the uh, the Northern Company Modutech more famous than anything by smashing the ball really quite hard and quite noisily against that um, particular advertising hoarding on the top of the stand behind the goal. Um, but we worked out what his celebration is about. Thank you very much. We got some feedback on that. Actually. Yes, so thank you. Yes, thank you for Ian via the email, and you can get is at the Strozzi Football Podcast Outlook.com. He actually sent us a link to an article and actually it was back in the early 2000s there was a, a, a charity called uh, A Star Foundation. So it was like you two should be a star. And um, the likes of Andy Johnson, Titus Bramble, um, Marcus Bent, they started a charity and that was a celebration to raise awareness for this charity. So it was to help sick kids have a moment where they, a bit like the Make-A-Wish Foundation here in Australia, and um, since then, players all around the world have, have sort of done it from time to time. But that was the sort of basis of it back in the early 2000s. Cool. But I'm not sure Timar Roof's, uh, you know, he's just doing it for a bit of a uh, bit of slip status. I don't know. Timar Roof um, <laughs> in front of a huge crowd. Anybody listen, thanks for us. That was great. It was great to have that feedback because I genuinely didn't know that. And that's the lovely thing about folk kind of um, talking to us all the time, telling us stuff that, oh, did you not know that? It was wonderful. Uh, Levy v Dundee United, um, depleted Dundee United, COVID, all sorts of stuff going on. And Lauren Shankland up front and maybe a few of the guys. And uh, listen, Dundee United have had a terrible, terrible central defence in the early part of the season. They look to have sorted it out. And now they've got a couple of juniors in there in the meantime while they sort out their COVID situation. So beaten by Livy. Good story, though. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, Scott Pittman, a really good sort of surgeon run from his own half, came in, low finish. I mean, probably defenders a little bit standoffish, maybe could have challenged him a bit sooner. And then Marvin Bartley pops up with the, the sealer, a uh, bit of an acrobatical, acrobatical, is that a word? Um, you uh, just strike. used it. I've just, I've, just, I've just just made it, so you, know, you can, I can put a trademark on that one. Um, yes, yeah, very uncharacteristic for Big Marvin, but he um, he made it too and, and sealed the deal. And, and really good story around um, David Martindale. So 
if you're not aware, he's the interim Livy boss since Gary Holt resigned last week. He's actually worked under four managers at um, at Livy: John McGlynn, Mark Burchell, uh, David Hopkins, and Gary Holt, who departed last week. He's um, gotten them a 4-0 win against Air United in the League Cup, and now he's just beaten the United 2-0. So he's doing his chances of actually getting the game, the gig full-time, no harm whatsoever. But he's actually um, ex-convict, um, so he had a four-year, four-year jail term, um, for some shady dealings around a restaurant business that he had that was, was not doing too well, and it was all based around greed. He pleaded guilty. He put his hand up in court and said, no, I'm, I'm, I've made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. He, he spent four years in jail. He got a construction management diploma. In the meantime, he started volunteering at Livy under John McGlynn. Um, he was working 70 hours a week on the construction site and then he was picking up cones and, and doing all sorts of things for Livy. He was putting flooring in the boardroom and then Mark Burchell asked him to come and do a bit more. So he was, he ended up becoming a, a bit of a scout, picking up players for the, for the club. He then went on to become a coach. He then became the assistant manager and now he's the interim manager at Livy. So, I mean, it's quite a, quite an amazing sort of story he's on the verge of getting his a license as well and i really hope that he does actually get it because i think scottish football is served better by having characters in the game and to be in in absolute fairness like the the guy knows his stuff like you know he he's all the the pundits talk about how he's always been in the background and he's always been a driving force at living a lot responsible for their double promotion into the premiership um, so yeah, I, I, I say, why not? You know, there, there should be more redemption stories. You know, he's, you know, he's not, the, he doesn't want to be judged as the person he was back in the early two thousands. He wants to be judged as the person he is in 2020 and fair play Plen- to the guy. Yeah. Aye, plenty of white collar crimson football and you might include in that, um, Messi, Neymar among others. But anyway, like that's, I'll let the lawyer sort that bit out. Uh, World Cup qualifying draw. Scotland got Denmark, who are ranked 12th in the world. Austria ranked 23. Scotland, we're currently ranked 48. Israel, again. I know. Every, every time again. it's going to be Israel. Yeah, again. Uh, they're ranked 87. We're drawn against the Faroese, who are ranked 107th, and Moldova, who are ranked 177th. I have dark memories of a really bad game in Chisinau. In fact, so much so I think I've wiped from my head. I think we might have got beat when, when Moldova just became a country and it was like, right, where's that? Uh, Moldova, if you didn't know, is between Romania and Ukraine. It's one of those places that didn't get a game in that Europa, so that Euro 2000, whatever it was, finals. Uh, not that we ever remember that because Scotland weren't there. But just to give you some kind of colour for reference, Serbia are currently 30th in the FIFA rankings. Australia are 41. Norway, I don't know why I put Norway down, but 44 there, you know, gives us some idea of where we're at. So we're actually doing okay. We're punching above our weight by beating Serbia. Austria, a decent team. They'll be there for the taking. Um, and I think that the, the game start in March next year and it's all a pretty tight schedule because there's all sorts of other kind of competitions going on at the same time. Antonio, predictions for next week. Uh, we've got, no, listen, I've, I've done this really well. I did this with my adult daughter who has some knowledge of Scottish football from around 2020. Um, so I'll share with you what mine are. Aberdeen versus Ross County for you. Oh, well, you've you got extra help. I'm, I'm on my own here. Um, I'm going to think, I'm going to say that Aberdeen's ready to back on a winning ways. Ross County have had games against Celtic and Rangers. I usually find that that, that usually 
comes with a bit of dip in form after that because they're just it's a, it's a big ass to get up two weeks in a row against the the old firm so i'm going to say aberdeen back to winning ways now uh, they're going to be up north my daughter says ross county 2-0 hamilton versus hibbs uh i'm ready i'm ready to stick with hibbs i think they've they found their mojo again the 3-0 against mother will we'll get them back on a winning run and Hamilton, I think, with the Philip that they've got for getting to 10th, my daughter says 2 2. Motherwell versus St. Myrne. Uh, I, I, 2 1 Motherwell. 3 1 Motherwell. St. Johnson versus Livy. Livy are the team. <laughs> I, again, this is one of the ones where I think you know, St. Johnson would put a lot of effort into Celtic on the weekend. So I'm ready to go be upset and say. 2-1 Livy away from home. Okay, 1-1 one, one is the daughter prediction. Dundee United versus Rangers. Um, I'll tell you straight up, the daughter bias kind of crept in here. She said 2-1 Dundee United, remembering well, Craig Brewster's cup winning goal from all those years ago. I'd be worried if she said 2-1 Rangers, but um, <laughs> I think Rangers are going to absolutely battle them because Dundee will still be without the bulk of the squad who are isolating for 14 days. So, uh, And even if they're back, they wouldn't have trained. So... I'm ready to go 5-0 Rangers. Celtic versus Kilmarnock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, all right. So the heart, the heart, the heart. 3-0 the heart. was the prediction at my end. 3-0 Celtic. Uh, the heart the heart says 1-0 Celtic, but the, the brain's saying 1-0. So one, wait, 1-0, but um, we'll, we'll see. There's a bomb scare in there, isn't there? Well, there's, yeah, we'll see. All right. Your final thoughts, mate? Look, um, overnight in the uh, Champions League uh, game between PSG and Istanbul, Basakeri, I don't know if I said that right, um, the fourth official apparently um, called out the assistant coach for Istanbul um, by saying that black guy or that black one over there. So Dembaba, who was on the bench for Istanbul, confronted the fourth official, accused him of racism. The game ended up being abandoned uh, as the Istanbul players walked off the park. And fair play to the PSG players, they walked off the park simultaneously. They had what was said and said, no, we're not having that. And it's good to see that, you know, where the, the players all around the world are taking the knee and uh, it's it's been criticised as a bit of a oh, it's for show and the rest of it. But when push came to shove... Both teams went not not having it, and 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 Mbappe, who plays for um, PSG, he tweeted that now we are behind, you know, Istanbul, and that it's not on, and, and it needs to be it needs to be sorted. So the yeah, the, the, the remaining that, the remaining yeah. remaining minutes of the game will be played in a couple of days' time. But um, and it's interesting as well because there is some question mark around Ian Viders, the captain for Ross County, who apparently made a comment to Alfredo Morales on the weekend and yeah, he picked up a yellow earlier, card. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a query whether that was a potentially, you know, whether it was a racist remark there or not. So there is an investigation pending from Ross County on that one. So we'll wait and see and we'll follow up yeah. with that next week. It was all over the UK media about Millwall fans booing and oh. uh, to their credit uh, last night um, they were playing QPR in London and uh, they actually circulated a letter before the game saying that actually this is not about who we are as a club and we really don't want to see this ever again and credit to them so uh, QPR and Millwall 
players at the beginning of the game got together with a banner against racism. Um, so, no congratulations to for, to Millwall, who don't always have the greatest of reputations in picking it up and running with these things. But yeah, no, well done. And um, my final thought: I'm really excited about World Cup qualifying. Klaus Meyer, um, a, a good pal of the podcast and a friend in Vienna. Uh, I'll see you in our kilt. Uh, our last outing in the kilt was at Euro 2008 when Scotland actually hadn't qualified and uh, we were photographed uh, in our kilts, him wearing his Austria top, me wearing my Scotland top and uh, the caption uh, of the evening was, why are you here? When we saw it on the website later that night. Thanks very much, Anthony. Great having your company. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. I'll be back in Perth next week, so we'll Ooh. be on the same time zone. Awesomes. Exciting. Thank you very much, mate. Look forward to it and we'll see you next week. Chin chin. Chin chin.